Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the MLB offseason special for 2021. This is going to be an interesting one. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. And I got a guest on Justin Brenner from the UWM Post. And Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. And like I mentioned, he's from the UWM Post. So Justin, you want to really explain to the audience what you do for the UW Milwaukee Post? Yeah, it's basically it's a student run newspaper here at UWM. Uh, we don't have any like obligations with anybody, no, nobody overseeing us. So we can kind of write about what we choose. And I mainly write about sports uh, right now, do weekly reviews for the Packers. I will have an off season special coming up. And when the baseball season starts back up again, I will be covering the Brewers too. Sounds great. So make sure to check out some of his work. We might actually put a link to one of his articles in the bio of this episode. So if you want to check it out, please go ahead. It's some great stuff. I've read some of his articles, good stuff to read. And let's get into it now. We're talking MLB offseason. There's a lot of drama that occurred these past few days. Full disclosure here, we're recording December 2nd, the start of the lockout. And you'll hear this a day after the, the third, that Friday is when the lockout. So that's day two of the lockout. But let's get right into it now. MLB owners lock out the players beginning baseball's first work stoppage in 26 years. And Justin, this was expected, and you weren't really surprised either when you saw this? Not at all. No, I I knew that a new CBA was not going to be reached by today, and I was expecting this. I just hope that, you know, they can come to an agreement soon so that baseball can start the time it's supposed to. Exactly. And what, what Justin mentioned, we'll just explain it a little bit. So there's the collective bargaining agreement that the Players Association and Major League Baseball has between, and it expires every every so a couple, three, I don't even know how many years now they do it. And this time, yep, um, they've been in talks since like May, I believe, trying to get a, a new CBA renewed and just nothing, nothing came to, nobody came to agreement. Um, there's a commissioner's letter, which we'll talk about in a little bit that um, this discusses MLB's side of this and it's just there's been a lot of issues in in some areas mainly like luxury tax thresholds minimum salaries they MLB offered some increases but the players don't like some of the increase like it's not enough and arbitration's another one and then also MLB's not they don't like some of the the things right now with like how some of the teams are like tanking well, well, like a team like the Orioles they want a, they want a salary minimum because a team like the Orioles, you know, they're just, they're not spending a lot of money at all. And it, that's happening. And then another issue that we see is teams tanking. So they want to put it in. I, I even read this, Justin. I don't know if you saw this kind of like a draft lottery. I, I have not seen anything about that yet, but I would, I would be in support of that. And the, I think it, it's a good way to keep the, keep the league competitive for a lot longer. Cause as soon as the team starts losing, if you, you could just continue that, but, if there's a lottery, it gives you more of an incentive to get back into, into the mix and try to keep playing the best baseball you can to make it a competitive league. So that teams like, you know, the Dodgers don't end up with 110 wins because other teams are tanking around them, especially in a tough division like that. Exactly. So to just sum up kind of what we talked about right now for the, the main issues, it's, it's basically the salary is not enough for the minimum salary. They want they want a higher one. The Players Association does, and then arbitration um, after two years rather than three is what um, the union proposed, and the league is just not allowing that because that 
they don't want they don't want that, and the players obviously would want that. So then they'd be earlier to free agency, basically. So just a lot of problems there. And then we'll talk now about what I mentioned. The letter right at midnight hit, or I believe it was eleven o'clock because it was it was twelve a.m. Eastern. Then lockout starts officially, unanimously voted by the owners. Justin, what were your thir- first thoughts when you read that commissioner's letter? So it's it's tough because. You know, a lot of it, it does look like he is throwing a lot of the blame on the Players Association and not really taking much on himself. However, and I don't like Manfred, I've said this multiple times, I'll go on the record saying that I think he is, you know, in recent memory, one of the worst commissioners, maybe not worse, but he's he's implementing a lot of stuff I don't like. He's trying to speed up the game. Frankly, I don't like that. And Universal DH is most likely coming next season, which I'm also not a huge fan of because watching like Brandon Woodruff hit home runs, especially off Kershaw in the playoffs, those are such a big momentum swing when you're, when the pitcher gets a hit, I like seeing stuff like that, but I feel like that's coming to an end here next year. Um, But that being said, I do feel that a lot of the blame could and probably should be placed on the players association because in his letter, he mentions that, um, in uh, the month of November, $1.7 billion was committed to free agents, smashing a record by, he says, nearly four times. So they've obviously tried to offer more, and the players just seem to want even more than they're offering, which at some point you have to settle, especially when players are already making $30 million a year with some people like Bryce Harper. I mean... And- do I think that players in minor leagues need to be paid more? Yes, but I also feel that the players, they can take, they can, they could definitely speed up this negotiation by lowering what they want to just a little bit. Yeah. And one thing we have to consider too with that 1.7 billion committed to free agency, everyone knew this lockout was coming. So I think a lot of these deals were done ahead of time because of the lockout oh, coming. Yeah. So and there's still more deals to be done. Yeah, which so I think that one point seven. Carlos Correa still hasn't signed. Exactly, so that's gonna be more money added to that. But no, you're good. You're good. So other than that, but there, I feel like that that one point seven billion is a little misleading. But he's right though in the sense like the message is still kind of made clear that like a, a lot of there's been a lot of big deals which we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, we'll start the secret one, of course, but it's been interesting and. This could be bad. Um, I think we're going to come to agreement that both parties will before it starts interfering with stuff. I mean, no winter meetings right now canceled. No, people aren't going to work. I mean, it's a work stoppage, basically. Um, it got it got bad, too. I don't know, Justin, if you saw on MLB's website, all the, all the pictures of all the players are gone. They took them all off. They were they're doing that. And now on Twitter, actually... I- have not seen that yet. Yeah, it's it's gotten testy. Surprised. Oh, it people are yep. describing. This is a petty war right, right now. now. Yep. And another thing that's it, happening. It is. It really is. On Twitter, uh, we're seeing players actually change their profile pictures to that blank default image. So we're seeing a lot of conflicts now between the two parties that we have not seen. Twenty six years it's been. And that was ninety four, and that was not good it's, either. And yeah. yeah, it's pretty much who who will budge first. And yep, so it's basically owners versus players yeah, right I now. Agree, yeah. And mm-hmm. this is gonna be that's exactly gonna, what it is. Gonna be tough and looking through it, Justin. Now let's get right into the free agency, the hot stove. We're gonna yes. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with the big deals that happened. 
We're not going to do the Brewers right away. We're going to do no. so. First thing happens. I mean, not not really first. I'm going to go through big deal to little deal, basically. Maybe I'll I'll do some day stuff. But the big deal that really happened was Corey Seager to the Rangers, ten years, three hundred twenty-five million. Justin, what were your first thoughts about this? I think it's a great addition for the Rangers. Um, they also added Marcus uh, Simeon. They, you know, they're clearly gearing up for a huge season, but again, I'm not sure if the Rangers will be able to do it with just these two players. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with them. I mean, they've lost 102 games last year. I don't know if two players will really be able to, to fix that, especially with, you know, two players can't make an offense. You know, you can score if those, even if those two players hit home runs once a game, that's only two runs per game. That's not enough to win. I mean, I get that they have, you know, good veteran pitchers, but with veteran pitchers, the thing is when they get older, are they going to be able to keep up their production? Because if, you know, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, and Mike Miner, all them veteran pitchers, if they all take a dip this next year, I don't think Simeon and Seager really will make a difference. I don't know if they'll be ready to contend if their pitchers cannot keep up the good work. So I'm not sure why the Rangers are, They it looks like they're trying to go all in, but they're not even close to contending. And I don't know why they're attempting to go all in when, you know, they're probably not going to have a postseason run for at least about two years while they develop players. Exactly. And there's a few factors. Like I, I'm totally with you. The, this team is not ready to, for contention. And I mean, they, they traded away a lot of guys. Like they, they trade those guys. You mentioned Gibson Lynn, those guys are traded. They traded Gibson at the deadline last year, Lynn to the white Sox, and they're, they're built, they're rebuilding basically. I mean, they have some, mm-hmm. they have some good top prospect pitchers. They have Dane Dunning. They got some guys who are going to take some time to develop, but I don't, I see what they're doing now as, I mean, they're just, they're just taking guys that, teams who are, who are competing or who could compete or are going to mm-hmm. sign because this, mm-hmm. this offense is not, not great. Like you mentioned, I mean, we got guys like Adelis Garcia and now you got Seager and Simeon as your top three offensive players, which, which is very good. But just from other yeah. than that, um, the, the pitching, it, it's just not there. And this, the, you got to remember the division they're in, the Mariners they did very well last year. They've done well in free agency, angels, Astros. Th- this is athletics. I mean, they're not going to compete in this division. I don't think. And even if the playoffs are expanded, which there are talks of that as well. I don't, I don't see this Rangers team competing, but I really like the Simeon deal. I I love Marcus Simeon as a player. He's such a great asset to this team offensively, even defensively as well. And Corey Seager also 10 years. I, I mean, I'm shocked the money he got. He's a great player, but Simeon's been, been better offensively the past few years. So it'll be interesting how this will turn out for the Rangers. Go ahead. Looking. I mean, they have John Gray now. But like I said, just looking at their pitchers, I mean, who's who's going to start? I mean, the only one that I really – I noticed Mike – I don't know how to say his last name. Full, Mike Fultonavich. I, I noticed him, and then I noticed Jordan Lyles because he played for the Brewers. But, I mean, even Lyles, he had that he good signed. stretch for the Brewers, and since then, yeah. He's with, he's with the Orioles. He's with the Orioles now? He just signed, yeah. I have not – I did not see that move. Okay, he's he's still on the Rangers at this website I'm looking at. So I apologize for the misinformation okay. there. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. There's no way they contend with two pit, with two new infielders and a, and a star and a pitcher and John Gray. Exactly. And 
We'll get into some of the more bigger moves. Well, I'll just kind of read over some of these. Javi Baez to Detroit. Actually, let's talk about this one. I like this one. Six years, 140. What do you think about that? I am am not one that is on the Javi Baez hype train. I don't think he's as good of a player as people think he is. Uh, The batting average has not been there in recent years, and the strikeouts are what I look at. He strikes out way too much. It's the same problem I have with Aaron Judge. Was Aaron Judge good last year, and was he – raking yes he was but the strikeout numbers are so high he set a a new rookie record for strikeouts along with home runs but nobody talks about that and I think Baez he's got a great glove you know he's probably one of the best you're going to want him out there if you're trying to tag out a runner but I don't think he is worth that much that much money and for that long when he has proved to be inconsistent strikes out at too high of a level for me yeah I I agree with the years and I understand what that's like Year mm-hmm. strikeouts, Brewers, of course, six years, 140. Um, yeah, the yeah. years are a little much that that's a lot, but what I really like is the Tigers team in itself. I think this Tigers team, I have my bold take here. I think this team could make a run for the AL Central in 2022. I think they could t- contend with the White Sox based on how the improvement we've seen in games. They won, I believe they went up, tw- they've won 20 or 30 more games than they did in 2019 to 2021. It was that insane improvement. They finished around 500 compared to losing. Yeah losing like a hundred plus games in 2019. So this Tigers team is definitely due to for some more improvement, kind of like how we saw that Brewers team do that from like 2015 to 20, like 18, you know? And I think that could happen with this Tigers team. Mm-hmm. They also have, you know, another, uh, they signed uh, Eduardo Rodriguez too, to five-year deal. Exactly. Uh, and that's another good so one. got a lefty now. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I don't think that's very much of a hot take that they could make a run. You know, the Royals and the Twins, I don't think are ready to make a run for that division. You know, they're kind of at the bottom. The Twins are a weird team, though. They could always come back and win 100 games next year. They have shown to do that. They'll have a year where they'll lose 100, and then they'll win 100 the very next. Um, But, yeah, no, they could definitely contend with the White Sox. And, I mean, I think the Guardians, now Indians, now the Guardians, um, they may fall – you know, into third or even fourth in that division. I I mean, they lost Lindor and kind of all hope with it, I feel like. So, yeah, I feel like the Tigers could definitely, you know, they just have to beat the White Sox. And if they can do that, you know, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and now we're going to switch. We're going to highlight what Steve Cohen from the New York Mets did, the owner there. He's starting to throw a lot of money like we we predicted. I'm going to go through the deals. I'm going to read all the Mets deals, basically, and I want to hear – your thoughts, I'll, I'll weigh in as well. So mm-hmm. let's start here. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, three years, $130 million, 43, around $43 million an average salary. And then we also had some other big ones. Starlin Marte, four years, $78 million. And Another deal, sneaky deal. I like Mark Hanna, two years, $26.5 million. And then we also saw... Who was it? It was Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. From the Milwaukee Brewer, formerly from the Milwaukee Brewers to your 20 million. So those are the big deals we saw done by Cohen and the Mets and Justin, what were your thoughts now with the Mets starting to spend money? I mean, obviously they are going all in this off season. Now they lost Indergaard, which definitely hurts them. You know, he's going to the angels. He wants to win Mike Trout or ring. That was his kind of, I think specifics of why he went there. Um, but yeah, the I mean Max Scherzer and Degrom, 
has the potential to be if DeGrom can stay healthy and Scherzer keeps up. I mean, he's getting older, but if he keeps up his level, that can definitely be the best one-two punch in baseball. Nobody's going to want to go against them too. And if they make the playoffs, that's very dangerous. I love the Starling Marte signing. Uh, that's huge, getting him in the outfield. Uh, Escobar, if this if this deal was made by the Brewers, a two-year $20 million, I wouldn't like it because the Brewers don't have as much money. However, with the Mets, when you have that much money, I mean, you can pay a player like Escobar who may have you know, less than favorable stats for a 10-year deal or for a 20-year de- or $20 million deal. However, if you have the money for it, go for it. So, you know, I like the, the Escobar deal for them. Um, it wouldn't work as well with the smaller market team. Um, and I haven't read much about the Mark Kahana deal yet. But I think the Mets, you know, they're gearing up. And the NL East is much, much easier, I think, than a lot of... I mean, you have the Braves there, but that's about the only team... The Phillies don't aren't didn't do much last year. So if the Mets can, you know, they could sneak past the Phillies and possibly even sneak past the Braves, especially with their, you know, re-upped pitching and some new offensive pieces. Yeah, I think this team's a wild card team next year. Just depends on how the playoffs are expanded. But you mentioned it. They're moving on now. If we look at it, they're moving on from guys like JD Davis and like Dominic Smith, probably with with these acquisitions. There's just not enough, there's not enough spots now with what what they did. And the outfield's basically brand new with yeah, with Mark Hanna and then with Marte as well. I, I like those signings. The Scherzer one, you got to, I mean, even though he's 37, you got to pay him what he deserves, and that's exactly what he deserved oh, in the market. So Definitely. The, the only thing is, you know, with his age, possibly his shoulder starting to go, will this deal blow up in their face? I don't see it happening particularly this year because Scherzer played at a high level last year, but I could see, you know, the last – even maybe next year or the year after I could see this deal ending up bad for them. If they don't win a ring, this deal is kind of in vain almost. Exactly. And it's huge that he got that three years because let's look at his former teammate, Justin Verlander got two year, 50 million and Verlander now at 38.7 years old. If we put it into the decimal, uh, Justin, you think that's, that's comparable. You think, uh, we, he could have gotten three years too. If he would have pushed for it, I think he would have had to take a, a little bit of a pay cut. But I think Verlander could have gotten three years for sure. Yeah, the the twenty five million a great pitcher, but the, the average I think value he, there. Just, he took two years. He took what he could get. Yeah, he took what he could get. Exactly, I'm with you on that one. Now I'm looking through. I'll just highlight some other ones. Kevin Gosman went to the Toronto Blue Jays five years, one hundred ten million. Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner in the AL, went to the Mariners. Five year, one hundred fifteen. That's a twenty three million dollar average value. And this, we'll we'll talk about this Mariners team a little bit later. Or actually, let's talk about them right now. Let's move to it right now. Um, Mariners. Yeah, yeah. We saw them kind of make that that good run. And last year, they just missed the playoffs. Justin and what this Robbie Radio. This was big for the Mariners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, always getting the Cy Young is huge. I mean, I know what I would I would freak out if you know, Corbin Burns won the Cy Young and then he left my team. So, you know, I think this is a big thing for Mariners to get excited about. Um, looking at their record last year, you know, 90 and 72. Uh, they play in the AL West, which, you know, it's it's kind of a tough division. Angels just got a little bit tougher. You know, they have Otani, Trout, Syndergaard, um, and now, uh, oh my God. I, oh, yep, Otani, Trout, and Syndergaard. 
um athletics always try to make try to try to be the best team they can with the money they have but i think the mariners are definitely primed for a run next year you know five more wins and that's the division would have been theirs and i i think they can do that next year especially with robbie ray you know a good pitcher an ace like this can get you five wins a year as long as you have the run support to produce and i think they do um you know it's just about you know i think their offense will get better kyle lewis looking at him as a designated hitter he's fast if he can just get on base i mean you basically it's it's kind of like two bases with one right there kind of like how we're not going to compare him exactly to ricky henderson but if he gets on base there's a good chance that he he'll get around base faster than the average person and i think that the mariners are primed for a run next year i like that mariners offense i I do i Mm -hmm. think they're they're very underrated they got some good guys there um i'll read some of the smaller signings too uh clint frazier went from the Yankees, the Cubs, one year, $1.5 million. Uh, Jose Quintana, we saw him go to the Pirates, one year, $2 million. Uh, we saw Rich Hill, one year, $5 million. He went from the Mets to the Red Sox. Cole Calhoun also went to the Rangers, one year, $5.2 million. Waka, one year, $7 million. Jordan Lyles, as we mentioned, one year, $7 million to the Orioles. Manny Pena, two year, $8 million. Went to the Braves. Kluber went to the Rays. We saw Corey Knebel. He went from the Dodgers to the Phillies. He got one year, ten million. And then finally, I, I just another one I want to highlight: Mark Melanson, two year, fourteen million to the the Diamondbacks. Out of all those deals I just mentioned, was there anyone that stood out to you as a interesting one? Not particularly. Um, not a lot of free agent signings have kind of you know stood out to me. You know, Chris Taylor going back to the the Dodgers. That was easy to see. But I, I, I do have to admit I am enjoying seeing the Dodgers lose some of these key pieces. I am not a, I'm not a huge fan of the Dodgers um, just because they have so much money. The fact that they you know only have one World Series in the previous few years is it's funny for me or to me. So but no, not a lot of these um, have stood out. I mean fair. yeah um. I, the, the biggest one, I'd say, that's just a small one is Corey Knabel moving on to the Phillies now, but not a lot of these are standing out to me. Uh, there's still a lot of people that I'm still watching to sign uh, Seiya Suzuki from Japan. Uh, he's a free agent. Uh, Kershaw is unsigned. Trevor Story. That's a really big one. Freddie Freeman. You know, a lot of people think he's going to sign back with the Braves, um, but there has been, you know, there have been rumors, you know, whispers about him possibly moving on. I don't think he will. Correa. Uh, Chris Bryant. And then obviously the biggest one is Carlos Correa. I am. Yep. And it, it's going to be a while now since the lockout has happened, but that is the one that I am really waiting to see. Same here. Um, I know we're going to get to the Brewers in a minute, but I don't really think they're going to try to make a run at too many of these people, possibly Freeman or Bryant, though. I could see them trying for one of those two. Exactly. And I'll just highlight a few more deals we missed. Um, the bigger ones now that I, I didn't talk about yet. Uh, Mats, we, Steve Mats to the Cardinals, four-year, $44 million. Avi Garcia, he went to the, went to the Marlins, four-year, $53 million. We mentioned John Gray, four-year, $56 to the Rangers. Rossiel Iglesias, four-year, $58 million, $14.5 million as a reliever. He had a big year, makes sense. Then we saw Stroman to the Cubs, three-year, $71 million. And we mentioned all the other big ones basically right now. And you mentioned the Syndergaard as well. One year, 21 million. Kendall Graveman, three year, 24 million. Alex Wood, two year, 25 million. Anthony DiSclefani then, 
three-year, $36 million. And let's now move to the Milwaukee Brewers on their offseason oh, so far. There is Actually, there is one more person that I do want to talk about, if that's okay. Go ahead. Um, have you looked at, have you seen the Wander Franco deal with the race? Perfect. I'm glad you mentioned that. Also the Buxton extension. We'll talk about both of those right now. Glad you mentioned it. Uh, yes. yeah. So you want, you want to talk about it first? Yeah. Uh, Wander Franco, you know, 11 year, 11 year contract worth. Um, it's at least 182 million. It could be worth up to 223 million for me. I know he's super young and he had a very good year last year. And I mean, it was 70. He played 70 games. I don't like this deal personally. And I don't like it because with how young he is, can he continue that? Because I remember Keston here for the Brewers. He's probably my favorite player right now, although he's not the greatest. He came up, had a shortened season because, you know, he was called up middle of the year, played amazing hit. I want to say about 300 and just crushed the ball. And recently he has not hit anywhere near that. Only thing I can imagine is what if the Brewers gave him an 11 year deal after good, a good 70 game stretch. And then he plays like this. I could see it happening with Franco too. I'm not saying it's going to, but this deal could blow up in their face. If he, if he cannot produce like he did this year in the coming years. Exactly. And what I, I like kind of what the Tampa race did here. For example, Jose Altuve did something similar to this. He had a great year, his rookie year in 2012, 2011. And what the rain, what the Astros did, they locked him up five. It was like five or six years instead. And it was, it and just to give him that stability, he took it. And this is, this is something we're seeing more and more done by like front offices to kind of secure those players long-term, which is like, cause the Altuve obviously could have gotten more money if he wouldn't have signed. It was like six year, like 24 million. It, it was something very small like that. And then he, he eventually got paid obviously, but just it was something small like that. And that's kind of what the Rays are trying to do here with a guy like Wander Franco, lock him up long term, which you're right. I mean, certainly we don't know exactly how he's going to do, but they, they see him as a safe investment. So that's what they're doing there. And then also with Byron Buxton, I mean, we saw the same thing be done there. Seven years, a hundred million kind of just to secure him. And he, he could have gotten a lot more. Like if he did a three or four oh, year, he, he could have gotten, gotten so much more. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like when Yelich resigned with the Brewers. I mean, I think. You know, that was a great deal for the Brewers people last year because Yellis just didn't perform as well or saying that, it, you know, this deal sucks. But I, I still like it. You know, you sign him long term and for a lot. I mean, he could have gotten way more money if you would have left Milwaukee and went somewhere else. But I think that, you know, for some of these baseball players, loyalty runs deep for them. You know, like Buxton, he could have gotten more money if he went elsewhere, but he didn't. Yelich could have gotten more money if he went elsewhere, but he didn't. I think that loyalty is a big thing for some of these players. And that's why you know, players like Yelich and Buxton don't have as big a contract as you'd you know, expect. Of course. And I want to get your prediction now, before we get to the Brewers, where do we think Carlos Correa is signing? Oh, shortstop. I mean, he's probably going to try to go to a bigger team. Uh, is there anyone that comes to mind? You think he could resign? Um, he I know could, it, he could resign. I could see also though him trying to get out of Houston with the whole cheating scandal. You know, obviously, I don't think a lot of players want to be there. Could see the Dodgers now losing some of their pieces, especially Seager could make a huge run at Correa and offer him a lot of money. Um, I don't know if the Giants are really going to try to spend a lot of money this free agency. They were looking to tank. They people thought they were going to tank this past year and they won 107 games. So, I think you know. 
probability wise, he either resigns or he goes to the Dodgers. That's going to be my Fair. prediction is the Dodgers. And I predicted originally Tigers, but then they they obviously took Baez over him, so that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Yankees are a possibility. I think he could be a Yankee. I think that's a that's a fair that fair is, thing they have to do with the money. Very, very real possibility too. I think he resigns. I'll be honest. Even, I mean, he he could also go to the Blue Jays too. If yeah, he, if he wants to, I mean, he could team up with Vlad Guerrero Jr. there and create a really good one-two punch. He gets on base and Guerrero hits him home. Yeah, add even more to that crazy offense they got there. But let's now get into this offseason. I'm going to go through a timeline of events. We saw the or season end to the Braves, losing in four games. October October 20th, then Andy Haynes is fired. Then we saw Eddie Cedar retire October 25th. And then going through it, first transaction made, Trevor got, they signed to a one-year contract from the Giants, or he was with the Giants last year. Not really a big deal. And then we all... Going into more, we saw the co-hitting coaches, which I talked about, I believe, on episode 36. It was Connor Dawson, Ozzie Timmons. What were your thoughts about doing that co-hitting coach? I think that that's actually a really cool approach. You know, obviously, I was a fan of uh, moving on from Andy Haynes. He, you know, he wasn't particularly that great of a coach with the Cubs, and then we signed him, and it was it was a strange move for me. I, you know, he obviously a lot of players looked bad last year. Colton Long came, his average dropped. You know, Christian Yelich can't seem to get it going again. Keston Hira can't seem to get it going. I think that we need a new hitting coach and having two perspectives could be a really good thing. And I think that's really unique approach approach that the Brewers are taking. And I like it, you know, trying to continue to change the game when it seems like you can't. And that's kind of what the whole Moneyball approach was, you know, change the game. And this could be a huge thing for the Brewers. And if it works, I think, you know, we could see, Yelich getting back to form, Colton Wong, you know, hitting at least 280 to 300. If if Hira returns to form too with a new hitting coach, obviously hitting coaches and all of that, but I feel like that definitely is part of it. And if we see these players return to form, the Brewers could make a World Series run, especially if the pitching continues to be as dominant as it is. Exactly. And Connor Dawson, Ozzie Timmons, both the guys, uh, David Stearns, president of baseball operations, and also um, GM Matt Arnold mentioned how both of them will be taking a different, like bringing that different perspective. One's going to be focusing more on the analytics based, other ones more of a kind of old school based kind of coach. So that'll be great to have both perspectives in the in the dugout, basically. And let's move to the next transaction. Yeah. November thirteenth, they acquired Mike Brasso from Tampa, and both one of those guys was from Tampa Bay, so that there's a little bit of connection. It was Ozzy Timmons. He's been the longtime coach there, kind of that old school approach. And then Connor Dawson being that up and newcomer guy who we'll see. But let's move to more transactions here. Pedro Severino. So they signed their backup catcher after losing Manny one. Pena. Yes. He, so he's going to be that guy now who is there. When, when a lefty's starting, we're going to see him play most of the games instead of Narvaez. And I, I like this move. I, I know it's kind, he's, he's basically kind of like, Manny Pena, but not as great defensively, which is going to be certainly something to keep your eye out for. But were you a fan of this mm-hmm. signing? I mean, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, he hit about 250 last year and 11 home runs. I, 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 normally, that would not look like a great line to sign somebody on. But for the Brewers, almost anything is an improvement. Um, yeah, the defense, not as great. But I also know that, you know, Yasmani Grandal came to Milwaukee after giving up a few runs, I'd say, um, with pass balls in in that uh, 
NLCS against the Dodgers and he looked just fine behind the plate. So, you know, I think that the Brewers have a good, you know, defensive coach. And I think that Severino will, will fit right in as a backup and I'm excited to see how he does, but I'm, I'm more excited to see Narvaez next year and hopefully he can stay healthy and continue his high production. Yeah. And Brewers are known for developing yeah, catchers like defensively. Uh, Narvaez wasn't that great coming from Jonathan Seattle. Lou Croy. I mean, Pena defensively, they've, they've really evolved or made some of these catchers significantly Maldonado. better behind the plate. Yeah. All those, there's so oh, yeah. a great Maldonado line. looks great behind the plate. Exactly. And another, so I'm, they, I'm not, I'm not too worried about the defensive aspect. Yeah. And then Luke Malley, um, God, now Brett Sullivan's the one they sign. Doesn't really, he's going to be that third catcher. We're not going to see much of him unless barring some injury from mm-hmm. the other two and Severino and Narvaez. Let's move more into it. We saw then the 10, like, cause it was a deadline then for tendering those contracts. And we saw everyone who, everyone was re-signed their one-year contracts or like renewed basically mm-hmm. as we expected, of course, with like Adamus Burns, Hater, all those guys. Um, the ones who were more surprises, I wouldn't say, but like guys who were on the fence of not being tendered was Jace Peterson was yep. Handel Gustave. And the guys we saw who were, who the final one was Rowdy Telez was tendered. So what that means is they did not go with Daniel Vogelbach. So he was non-tendered and John Curtis with Curtis being out with Tommy John all 2022. So it's gonna be sad to see big Dan go, but they, they chose Telez over Vogelbach, which I think was the right choice. I, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Telez, you know, he performed better, you know, as a longer term and he performed more consistently. I'm, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, I wasn't a huge fan of Vogelbach just because a lot of people really seem to like him without him putting in too much, you know, uh, too much production. But also, again, my point stands, what if Keston here comes back and plays like he did his rookie year next year? What do you do if you have both Vogelbach and Tellas? You can't do much, especially because you're not going to play Tellas, who could be hitting 240 over here if he's hitting up to 300 again. So, you know, I think it was a smart idea just to stick with one of them and then let the other one walk. It it stinks that, you know, such a fan favorite has to go, but I think it's the right move in the long run. And just having one player at first, and now this opens up a world of possibilities, you know, spend more money on relief pitching or, you know, even if they want to try to bring in, you know, more help for the offense, whether that be at third base or, you know, another player in the outfield or somebody that could hit at the DH spot, because that could be coming to the National League next year. Exactly. I'm, I'm in total agreement. And we saw the Brewers make one more move than right before that deadline, that before we went into the lockout, it was a big move. The trade happened. Mm-hmm. JBJ and prospects David Hamilton and Alex Benellis go to the Boston Red Sox in return for Hunter Renfro. And this was a big deal. I was so happy to see this. I was, this is big because Hunter Renfro coming to this team, he's he, 259 with 31 home runs, 96 RBIs in last year. Oh, well, I mean, average might not be there, but like he can, he's a better version of Avi Garcia in my opinion. And I'm really excited for this. And what were your initial reactions about this trade as well, Justin? I, I love this deal. I did not like JBJ after last season. You know, I was kind of excited about it, but obviously he was going to pick up his player option because he did not play well. So picking up that player option guarantees he has a spot on the team. But I love this deal. You know, I we're, we need to be in win-now mode with, you know, Burns, Peralta, and Woodruff putting up the numbers they are. 
Williams and Hayter coming out of the bullpen. I like this move. It's a it's an upgrade to hitting. I, I agree with you. He is a better version of Avi Garcia, you know, 31 home runs, 33 doubles in 144 games. I, I like the deal. I hope that, you know, with a little bit with the two hitting coaches, they can improve his average just a little bit, even if he can get it up to 270. I mean, that's a big boost to our offense the way it is. Because if you can get, you know, Colton Wong on to hit like a double hitting leadoff, and then Renfro hitting him in or even getting on for Yelich, if Yelich has a bounce back year next year, I think that this is huge for the Brewers offense. It's a, it's a big trade. And I think that it was a trade that needed to be, that need to be made. You know, it gives us, we have a for sure out three outfielders now in Yelich, Renfro and Kane. Yeah. And I like the deal. Renfro has a cannon. He was a gold glove finalist last year too. We got, we can't forget oh, that. So he's yeah. better defensive player over Garcia too. And just looking at, looking at his baseball savant numbers, looking at his MLB percentile, 97th percentile in max exit velocity, expected weight on base average, 74th percentile, barrel percentage, 88th percentile. So he's he's in that great range. He's in that top tier, basically, in terms of exit velocity, which is something really, really great to see for a player like Renfro. And just looking, and then also with the guys they gave up, I want to mention, they gave Alex Benellis and David Hamilton. Both those guys were well-regarded outfielder prospects for the Milwaukee Brewers, but my whole argument with it is, I mean, how many outfielders can you have? You know, you got to give up some guys. Obviously, Garrett Mitchell's uh, untouchable. You do not touch Garrett Mitchell's Garrett Mitchell. up and coming. Oh, yeah. He he hit great last year in his small sample in, in low A or where in, in the minors where he was. And we have mm-hmm. Corey Ray still in triple A. You know, he, he can be called up if needed. I, I feel like he definitely could be on the opening day roster next year um, because the only other person we have is Tyrone Taylor. Um, that I'd is like, a for sure outfielder. I think, yeah, I so, think you have, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think next year, you know, we have Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich and Hunter Renfro starting. And then we have Taylor and Ray um, as the backups. And then I think that's going to be mainly what they go for. And we have people in AAA. Garrett Mitchell could possibly make a late season appearance next year. I don't think he will but I think that he could work his way up to triple eight by the end of next year. Yeah. Um, I've seen reports maybe mid season. We could see him estimated time of arrival mid 2022. That's also a possibility, but mm-hmm. keep in mind, I think universal DH is going to happen. I know. I know you said you weren't a fan. I think Yelich goes in slots into that role. We see really? Ren, Renfro, right? Yelich defensively just has not been great. The numbers that show is true. That is true. And I'd rather start a guy like Taylor Kane, of course. And then Renfro, I mean, gold glove, Guys who have won two of those, three of those guys have been gold glove finalists and one of them winning a gold glove in Kane. And then Taylor's a, a pretty good defender as well. Uh, you could put him in left. And I think that's a solid outfield for this Brewers team. That, yeah, I am excited to see their outfield next year. Um, I, I'm still, though, um, the most exciting part for me is going to be their pitching next year. Of course. It that's is. <laughs> I've been watching it this past year. Even Hauser and Lauer pitched yes. well down the stretch. And I'm excited to see how they do. All five of those guys are coming back. I, there's what was the oh, not yeah. yep. Brett Anderson's not back. I pitched like 90, 90 innings or so, but run those five guys. This will be a great rotation. Probably the best in baseball, like the deepest in baseball for sure. I mean, without a doubt. Deepest for sure. Yeah. And if if the the big three Peralta and Peralta, Burns and uh Woodruff play like they did last year, they will they I think they will be the best rotation in baseball once again. Yeah. I think there's a couple of moves that this Brewers team could make. I think I got one right here. 
I'll pitch to you. Matt Olson supposedly wants out of Oakland. First baseman, bring him in. Make a trade. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That would I would love that. That move would be huge. It would give us a for sure first baseman who can hit. And I think that would be great because then you have a top four of, you know, just making a guess, an estimated guess, uh, Wong, and then either probably Renfro next. Um, and then Olsen and Yelich or Yelich Olsen would be, I'd love that. I'd love and that top four. I think how I you, think that'd be, uh, you get a guy like Matt Olsen, you give up. I love Aaron Ashby, but I think he's the guy you'd give up. I think you'd give up him or Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You'd have to oh, choose yeah. one of those as the, the, the prize of the package. Basically, I would rather give up Ashby than Mitchell based on more of the long term. Like mm-hmm. this Brewers rotation's young. There's, there's these guys will be here for th- two or three more years. You can probably get them re-signed too. At least I think Burns and Woodruff, but that'll be a problem. We'll worry about years later. But what, what would you think about giving up a guy like Mitchell or Ashby for Matt Olson with other guys in a package? I, I agree with you. Ashby for sure. Um, you know, Kane is, he's getting older. He is nearing the end. I think next year's his final year, I want to say. Um, so, you know, you keep Mitchell because if, if Kane moves on and from next year and we don't resign him or, you know, the chance he retires, then you have a guy like Mitchell ready to play right away. Whereas you said, we have, we've got Woodruff Burns and Peralta for a few years now with arbitration. You keep them. And then you can ship off a guy like Ashby because um, we have Hauser and Lauer in relief. I mean, and you can always find, you know, that next pitcher from the minors or sign one for uh, in free agency. Pitchers are much more abundant, I'd say, than a player like Garrett Mitchell, who has the ability to come into the majors and hit 300 at will. And I think you keep a player like Garrett Mitchell around more over Ashby. As much as I like Ashby and as much as he did turn it around after his first start last year, I think that if you are to make a huge blockbuster trade like this, I agree with you. Ashby's the guy to go and you keep Mitchell just just in case Kane moves on next year. I exactly agree with you 100%. Um, another, I'll just throw out one more thing before we go. Uh, Josh Donaldson, possibly. We see him coming universal DH. Maybe we don't universally DH Yelich. Maybe we roll with him in the outfield, keep Taylor as a fourth outfielder. We could see Josh Donaldson potentially on a one or two year deal or Nelson Cruz. See these guys. Cause if once we see whatever happens after the lockout, we'll know if Cruz or um, Donaldson are targets considering the universal DH, would you be interested in signing one of those guys to a one or two year deal? Um, I'm not sure much about Cruz, but definitely Donaldson. I just want to see a one year deal um, because, you know, he, he has shown some, some regression uh lately but i would love to see donaldson i was a huge huge i'm a huge fan of him i wanted to see him uh initially when he was being traded i wanted to see the brewers make a run for him but they didn't um but yeah i would love to see donaldson on a one-year deal and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out i mean he's in the dh and you can just put him at the bottom of the lineup but if it works out you know you look like a genius and he helps you make a run yeah, and Stearns and Arnold, we trust certainly for the rest of this post or this offseason mm-hmm. when it when it starts back up. So we're kind of just waiting now because everything that happened we could cover now because we're in the lockout. So Justin, is there anything else you want to add? Uh no, I'm just but I was just gonna look at um a lot of the people that still need left to be sh- uh signed. Um I don't think the Brewers will make a run, you know, at uh Castellanos, but I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it if they did. Like you said, 
put Yelich in that DH spot. But again, it's not for certain that it's coming. But some of the other names that still need to be signed, um, uh, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, um, and Jock Peterson. I mean, do you have any thoughts about them? That basically the entire outfield of the Braves leaving? Do you have any thoughts about that? I think, well, yeah, they all came back at the deadline. So I think you pick one or two of them, you oh. sign you sign them, and then you're going to let one walk. I think Jock's going to be the one they let walk, which is, is fine. So you'll see, Soler, or you'll see Peterson go probably, I mean, ideally put him at a DH, universal DH for, or he's a bench bat. So you could see him get like a one-year, $8 million deal. He'll get something like that, I think. Not sure exactly what kind of team would be looking for him right now, but we would have to wait and see. So I guess with that, Justin, you want to shout yourself out? Um, Sure. Follow me on socials uh, at JS Brenner on Instagram. Pretty much. That's almost the only one I use. Uh, check out my work on the post. If we put a link in, I'm sure we'll put a link in at the end of this. You bet. But yeah. I, I love being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, Justin. It's great. We'll have you. Hopefully we can have you on more to talk. Some more baseball, maybe some other sports too with Milwaukee. For sure, I you, would. you cover sports. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love to come back. Perfect. So I guess shout out our socials before we go. So you guys know the drill. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. And YouTube, Jordan Drew the sports crew. All right. So with that being said, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan Drew the sports crew. The perfect podcast for you.